0: This is the Lonely Voice with Peter Orner on Book Public from Texas Public Radio. I'm Eva Benavides. On this episode, Peter Orner and I discuss Yevgenia Belarusets' story, "My Sister." Yevgenia Belarusets is the Ukrainian author of the story collection "Lucky Breaks." First published in 2018, it was published in English in March of 2022. The stories depict the lives of ordinary, anonymous women trying to survive amid the ruins of a war. Not the one we're watching played out now in 2022, but an earlier one in 2014. Imagine a situation where a Ukrainian woman would consider willingly leaving her hometown and the life she has known for Russia. For love, perhaps, but we don't really know. We can't. And that part doesn't really matter. In the story, My Sister, it's a day in early July in the year 2014. Russian forces have been in the Ukrainian city of Slavyansk. In her daily life, the narrator's sister has waited on the Russian men in her waitressing job. She spent some time serving them food, listening to their stories. It seems she's fallen in love with one of them and he with her, maybe. On this day, the sister is deliberating. She will leave Ukraine with the men, but something makes her relent at the last minute and she declares loudly above the din of the traffic that she will not be going after all, that she will stay in Ukraine. She will not get in the car, but the men make sure she gets in the car and they drive away with her. The story my sister is yet another of Yevgenia Belaruset's stories about small moments inside big major events. In the essay, All Lives Are Interesting, Peter Orner discusses In Plain Sight, a story by Mavis Gallant. The character of Henri is an old writer. He is, quote, so old that no one dies in his novels anymore. He lives in Paris where the air raid sirens go off and remind him of the not-so-distant war. He has an upstairs neighbor whom he has studiously avoided for years and then rejects her sudden and sincere offers of companionship. He is so cruel in his rejection of her, writes Orner, it is so remorseless as to be miraculous. The thing is, We don't understand what Henri is going through. We don't know what he wants. We might think it's our role as readers to figure this out, but we can't. And most people don't really know what they want either. Most people remain mysteries to themselves sometimes in very small and very large moments. Writes Orner, Gallant reminds us that fiction writers must, in order to create lasting characters, imagine people who are as inconsistent, as foolish, as rash, as we are out here beyond the page. Yevgenia Belaruset's star-crossed sister is all of these things. She is inconsistent and foolish and rash as she changes her mind at the last moment, yelling in the street that she will not be going off with the Russian men and then is moved into the car by them. And what happens next? What emerges as we read about the reaction of her family silently watching the departure provides an answer in the moments of silence in what is not ever revealed. That's the only way we can understand any of it. Peter Orner offers us this about the Mavis Gallant story, and it gives us some insight about my sister. He says that one human being is a kind of nation state. He writes, Mavis Gallant saw into the souls of other people who, when all is said and done, are often as distant from us as other countries. Here now, Peter Orner and I discuss My Sister by Evgenia Belarusets.
1: My Sister. I saw her standing scanning the rows of cars, July 5th, 2014. Strelkov's forces were leaving Slavonsk. A gray, smoky day at the end of many drawn out months. Dull flashes of headlights, wind, and the din of car horns. The fighters must have been waiting for someone to arrive so they could move out. Broken window panes on the ground floor of a neighboring high rise, black puddles of rain, shouts, roll call, but she was standing firm. I felt a momentary silence descend on everything. The pedestrians were gone as if they had died out. The silence had seized not just the nearby streets, where solitary cars stood with passengers ready to depart, but the entire city. Rows of windows were lit. Electrical wires dangled like snakes from some of the open window frames to suck the electricity out of neighboring apartments. Cars soiled and sullen were collecting little by little at the city center. There she was still standing at the intersection, apparently trying to speak to someone in one of the vehicles. I'm not coming with you, she suddenly shouted, her voice rising above the car horns. I'm staying here. I decided not to go. Now, again, coming upon this in a vacuum, it's still extraordinarily compelling. A woman standing among a line of cars that apparently are retreating from a city. My sister has decided, only a week ago, she seemed set on the contrary. All the days that these people, such strangers to us, lived in our city. She cooked for them, offered them support, listened in on their conversations, and then proudly told us of their military plans, how they would capture the Kharkiv region and slowly but surely, Kiev. But now, she announced that she was staying, staying where? Could it be with us? We'd become strangers to her over the last few weeks? On the other hand, her life, her desires, dreams, and hopes made sense only so long as our city was occupied by armed men, soldiers, unknown. It felt like ages ago that she had shared her dream with us of uniting her life with the life of one of the strangers and there had already been talk Of a wedding. Now, she doesn't name the Russians and the Ukrainians here, except to say the city and the and the general who's Russian. So a Ukrainian reading this and a Russian reading this, and anyone who's followed that, anyone who was following that news would probably get it. But I think there's a reason she calls them strangers. I think that I think that there's a a desire on the part of this writer to to, to To be extraordinarily specific and yet also, you know, acknowledging that the sister in this story is complicated. You could call her, I mean, today when we're watching what's happening, you could call her, you know, the worst traitor in the world. She's combating with the enemy, right? But don't our brothers and sisters sometimes make these kind of decisions?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so... I just think there's something so uh humane about this characterization that uh you know is is just um a little bit almost impossible to not think about today but but it's like this writer's forcing us to think beyond today.
0: I just love this idea because Just the fact that she doesn't say Russian, Ukrainian, and calls and kind of describes the sister to a certain extent as a stranger herself. I mean, someone that's just so unknowable. Um, But describing uh, the men as strangers, or the man who's in love with the sister, uh, ostensibly, Um, a stranger, because Russian, Ukrainian, he th- He fell in love too, presumably
1: yeah, yeah, as, as people do, right, yeah. and so I'm sure that out there in this conflict is in any conflict there are, and we know this for a fact because these are two countries are so close, not just geographically but you know in so many ways, culturally, historically, you know, in ways that are dicey for us to talk about, especially myself, not not knowing the entire context, but you know. Thinking about what we talked about last time, the president being a native Russian speaker and only, you know, now, you know, speaking Ukrainian, because obviously he's president of Ukraine, but he has very, very strong ties to Russia, as, as do so many of the people in this country. And so it just seems very natural the story like this would be told, even though today it's, it's hard to swallow. I, this is a detour, but I just I saw a movie recently, a documentary, about somebody who was a, a prisoner in a concentration camp. He was at Buchenwald, I believe, which is in Germany. When Buchenwald was um, liberated by, I believe, by the Russians, this particular prisoner uh, briefly left Germany to go home to Latvia. But then, then returns to that area, that city where Buchenwald was, and, and marries a local German girl and lives for the rest of his life in Germany. So, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 the Israeli filmmaker, who's the, the the niece, three, you know, two generations, he would have been a great uncle, mm-hmm. her grand her grandmother's brother is at first you know incredulous as the entire families how could this have they uncovered this after he died i I'm, I'm giving away the entire movie anyway the point is is that you know that 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 you know what the point is
0: no <laughs> i need I, not make i
1: need not make the point
0: no it's 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 a great thing to bring up because it's all just so it's as you said it's just so complicated and this i don't read this like a um uh, like a Stockholm syndrome kind of a no, thing. It's a. No. Uh, it's you know here were these people occupying this space and and occupying you know the everyday scenes of this place where the sister waited on them and listened to their conversations and brought them food and which is which is horrible.
1: I mean she's she's I mean in the context of this. I mean, we all know what the, what the occupiers were doing, mm-hmm. especially now we know, because yeah. uh, I don't think we paid a lot of attention then, uh, mm-hmm. what, what, what they were up to. So, you know, she's not, this is, it's not great, <laughs> but it is, it's just, it's just how, it's just what it is. The story is how long? It's, it's, it's a page and a sliver.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and, and so much happens, you know, because eventually she, she does leave. Well, eventually, eventually, there's no eventually because the story is so short. She gets in one of the cars by force. She's forced into one of those cars and leaves with the strangers.
0: And nobody could do anything about it. But I, I do want to say my sister has decided only a minute ago she seems said on the contrary. So it almost seems like these broad-shouldered guys that jump out of the vehicle, they know her well enough <laughs> to... to Understand that she needs to get in the car because it was only a minute ago that she was going to leave with them before she declared, I'm not going with you. I'm staying here. You know, she's still very uh, unsure.
1: It's it's hard to say from the context. I mean, it does seem like she's forced. Oh, yes. She she should be entitled to change her mind. But then they force her into the car and she's disappeared. and, And they, the family, and again, this is so compressingly compressedly told that that you know but naturally i i i i guess i'm not surprised that the, the 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 sister and the family sort of like don't make a lot of um efforts to find her mm-hmm. <laughs> like which is which is horrible too but one can understand if you are you know cavorting with the enemy uh, and then you decide at the last minute not to leave with them and then they force you to go it doesn't really make make her that compelling a person to go and try and find you know in this story anyway Mm -hmm. you know so no one no one tries to rescue her also they have no idea where she is in the last paragraph um she reappears Mm -hmm. and, and and reintegrates into into that life her old life
0: we lost all communication with her we silenced ourselves and never spoke of her It's hard to believe it, but weeks passed and we lived on without knowing anything. Where could we go for information? Who could we call? However, it may be, we never bothered to find out where she ended up. It's not an inconceivable thing. It's not that they don't care and they don't they don't love her. It just seems futile, you know. They're afraid. She she writes. None of us had the courage to come closer. Right. It's a difficult situation and and then you're right and then she reappears several months later
1: and it's a beautiful last paragraph um,
0: would you read it peter
1: she, sure she reappeared several months later there's nothing more to tell she doesn't complain she lives with us she goes to work as before at work they didn't count her absence against her which is to say that they paid her salary for the time she was gone it's the one thing we managed to do for her. It's no small thing, no small thing by our standards. She doesn't tell us anything, but we don't ask her anything either. It's uh, you know I, I think of, of um, I think of Bruno Schulz, I think of Robert Walser, mm-hmm. you know uh, uh, great writers of of Eastern Europe. Ida Fink, Polish writer, who ended up in Israel who give us historical moments but they aren't reduced to just being you know historical and factual that they're that they somehow are able to take these big factual moments and and, and make them uh much more um i'm i don't know what i'm saying but you know what i'm saying i guess
0: I do. I I think I do. I mean, it's this idea of just imagine this very big in twenty fourteen. Now it is a historical thing that happened in that part of the world, and Belarusets is writing about a sister who is thinking about leaving with these strangers who are Russian and not Ukrainian. I mean, it's the ultimate kind of treachery, and yet it's wrapped up in, first off, in this historical context, but that's not how we live through things. You know, we don't, and you said right. something about right. this last time too, it's like, this is, this is what's so remarkable about this collection is that it's about these people it's about these these small moments wrapped up in these giant situations because that's what war does that's what war does war is it, this this giant impossible thing against you know with these giant impossible forces pushing and pulling against each other and what's in the middle of all that is this sister who happens to have maybe fallen in love with this guy and is off to just make maybe an ordinary life and then manages to return to this small space doing her job and not talking about this really dramatic thing that happened within another larger, really dramatic thing that happened. And the the dramatic things don't matter in this story as much as the really small things.
1: Absolutely. The small things like her standing just in, you know, scanning the rows of cars, the idea of that, that the speaker, the sister can't, can't act because, because she lacks the courage to go and grab her sister out of the car from these, Guys, But I, I guess I wonder, I mean, given that I'm sure you and everybody, a lot of people who may listen to this are, are, you know, reading the news obsessively, or at least like in my case, scanning the news, not really reading it, but just reading the headlines each as they come in, but minute by minute, you know, and I, I just think there's this, I think there's this need we have to, to look to the, to the literature, to the, to the fiction in this case, of a particular place, in order to, I know more now. I know a lot more now. Not not about the not about the, the, the minutia of the, you know of the, of the conflict, uh, but I think I understand the, the 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 toll because because I'm because this I don't I don't see this as a you know as a war book. I see this as a as a as for the most part a kind of a street book. You know that, and 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 that somebody. I mean, this is a more intimate story, and and I think it's a little bit of an un, unusual story, even in the context of the book. Um, we get a sense of of a of a of a of an I voice, a narrator, in the beginning, in the preface, and other places. But a lot of times, that voice is sort of, you know, kind of the observer. And here, this is a lot more personal because it's actually the sister of the narrator. That's a that's a a bit of an outlier. It's a it's a family story. Um, but I think, again, it, it for me, it it brings not just this conflict. You know, it, it brings me closer to just, you know, these these people who happen right now to be very much in the news. But as we know, eventually, they're going to be out of the news. You know, I think of the earthquake in Haiti, you know, mm-hmm. it was on the news, well, maybe 10 days. And then, and this has gone on for 20, and maybe it'll go on longer, but eventually it's going to start getting subsumed. And, you know, the, the, the news stories are going to go away, but this book is still going to be there.
0: Yevgenia Belarusets is the author of My Sister. It can be found in the collection Lucky Breaks, first published in 2018 and recently published in English in 2022 by New Directions. It's translated by Eugene Ostashevsky. The essay, All Lives Are Interesting, is by Peter Orner and can be found in the essay collection, Am I Alone Here? Notes on Living to Read and Reading to Live. He's the author of two novels and three-story collections, including Maggie Brown and Others. A new collection of essays, Still No Word from You, will be published in October of 2022. Peter Orner is the director of creative writing at Dartmouth College. This has been The Lonely Voice with Peter Orner on Book Public from Texas Public Radio. Jacob Rezati composed our theme music. Dan Katz is Texas Public Radio's news director. We had help this week from David Martin Davies. I'm Ivette Benavides.